Wow. Well, it's great to be excited in the middle of the summer about what Jesus has done. It's great to see you all in the house today and uh, good to come together. We're in Philippians chapter 4. We've been in this passage for the last uh, few weeks when I've been speaking. And uh, just starting at verse 4, I'm going to read together. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the peace of God will be with you. Amen. Great little passage. We've been looking at it and we tried to kind of pull out the different themes from it over the last few weeks. This uh, whole idea of rejoicing, reasons to rejoice, reasons to be cheerful. You know, there's always a reason to be cheerful. Oh, amen. There's always something to be excited about, what God's done in our lives. You know, there's always something that we can draw back in the situations of our lives that we can just say, you know what, I, I know God's been working me and I'm going to praise him for that. And uh, then we talked about the fact that the Lord is near, about what his presence means in our lives, about how his, uh, the promise of his coming and the proximity of his spirit in our lives changes how we approach life. And then last time we, we spoke about keeping the peace about how we guard our hearts, how, how we learn not to be anxious, because that's a tough one for us, isn't it? How we kind of like uh, can, can strip away some of the things that just threaten us and overcome us. And today I want to talk about changing our minds, changing our thinking. You know, uh, we all think differently, don't we? Just look at the person next to you. They don't think like you, do you know what I mean? We're, we all got stuff. We've all got stuff in our heads. We all carry ourselves differently. We, we think about things in, in a different way. And there is a battle on in, in this world for your mind and for how you think. You know, it's, it's there in everything. There, there, there are influences out there that are seeking to shape your thinking about everything, how you live and enjoy your life. There, there, are, there are things that will shape your mind about it. What you invest your time and your money in. What you struggle with about life, about others, about yourself, our thinking changes all those things. And therefore, it's an important topic when it comes to being a disciple of Jesus. It's an important thing to try and understand and put into our hearts and into our lives and circumstances because we need to recognize that we all are in this battle. How you live for Christ and his kingdom, it comes out of your thinking. And therefore, if we don't get our thinking right, then actually these other areas of our lives will, will be affected by it. Your thinking affects your life. You know that, don't you? Your life can affect your thinking too. The two are intertwined and therefore you have to take a hold of them and start to work that out. See, our thinking is shaped by our upbringing, by our education, by our environment, by our experiences, by what we hold dear, by what we allow to shape our lives and our values. And so therefore, when we uh, arrive together as the body of Christ, we all think differently. And, uh, you know, whenever you get together with a group of people, it doesn't take long to realize that you're different to them, does it? Or is it just me? 
And you realize that we all think differently. It's, it's part of life. And therefore, for us as followers of Christ, there are areas of our thinking that we have to start to transform and change so that we begin to think in accordance with his purposes and his word in our lives. See, our thinking is influenced by the wisdom of... I think it's affected by the microphone. I think he's affected by the things that go on around us, by, by, by the, the moral norms that are established in our society, by what the culture says, by what fashion says, by how people behave. It affects our thinking. And if we don't rely on our thinking with the kingdom of God and the purposes of God, then actually what happens is our lives change dramatically because our thinking is out of kilter. Our thinking about ourselves can be far from what the, God, the, the word of God says. And so therefore Paul comes to us and he challenges us to think about what we do you see there are voices that always try and change our thinking people who don't want to sell a product but a lifestyle have you noticed on tv now adverts they become more complicated haven't they it used to be buy personal now it's buy a beautiful family with a lovely surrounding oh and personal's in the corner do you know what I mean it's like, you know, because why? Because they don't just want to be, they're being subtle about it because they're trying to sell us a product, but they know that to sell us the product, they have to get us to buy the lifestyle. And here's the thing, friends, it's, it's, it comes to us, and what we find is that we're pursuing, and our culture is pursuing things which have been given to us and made, we're made to think in a particular way. Friends, that's just normal, that's society. But truthfully, as disciples, we've then got to challenge ourselves and say, hey, I need to uh, make sure that my thoughts are different. That my thinking is different. That actually I'm working with that. And Paul comes here and uh, he, he challenges us to recognize that to change our thinking from an attitude of the world that surrounds us, there's a process that has to happen in our lives. Proverbs says this, give careful thought to the paths for your feet. Give careful thought for the paths you've In other words, he says, listen, you've got to think about how you walk through life. Because that thing, that, that if you don't give it any thought, you end up in a place where you never really intended to be. There's a great book called By Design or Default. You know, we either intentionally think about it or we by default end up in a particular way. Kevin Gerald, great book. Because his whole thing is unless we actually have some intentionality. Now, intentionality doesn't mean it always comes off, does it? But it actually means we're thinking about it and we're starting to to, to move towards that. And so I want to just pull out of this passage three things this morning. You know me. Could have been 15. You're very lucky today, don't we? Um, Just three things that that I, I just think stand out to me from here. First is this. You have to think about how you think. It's profound stuff this morning, isn't it? You have to think about how you think. Now, before you go, what is he talking about? See, the truth is we're all wired to think in a particular way, aren't we? We're all wired. We're predisposed. Some of us are predisposed to think academically. Some of us are supposed to think emotionally. Some of us think negatively. Some of us think positively. Somewhere along the line, we have to think about how we think. Because how you think changes how you behave. And therefore, you've got to actually work it out and take something about it. I love it when he says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's not like whatever. It's whatever. He's saying, listen, the, the, how you think is important. How you think is, is vital. You need to give it some thought. You need to actually examine what it is in you. You see, wrong thinking will affect your life terribly. 
Remember the Philippian jailer, it says that hearing the commotion, he drew his sword about to drop on it because he thought everybody had escaped. See, people, people can make crazy decisions because their thinking is wrong. Anybody here made a bad decision because your thinking was wrong? Come on, we do, don't we? So, so instantly, the Bible tells us, listen, if we're going to be like Christ, if we're going to follow, remember the heart of a disciple is to be like Jesus, is to learn to walk in him. Therefore, somewhere along the line, we have to think about how we think. We have to say, you know what? I know if I'm not careful, I can be a negative person. So I need to fight that in me. I need to actually understand that. I, I know if I'm not careful, I can be a judgmental person. I can think judgmentally about people. Therefore, I, I need to deal with that in my life. See, sometimes we're just not that self-aware, are we? And Paul says, you need to think about how you think. You need to examine it. You need to work it out. You need to understand how you're wired. Because if you don't, it's going to be very hard to change and become what God wants you to be. Do you remember the 12 spies who went into the promised land? 12 spies all set out. They'd all had the same upbringing. They'd all seen the same things. They went into the promised land. They saw the same... uh, walls, cities, they saw the same fruit, they saw the same uh, obstacles, but they came back and 10 of them gave a bad report. Only two of them gave a good report. I'd like to think I'd have been one of those two. But the truth is, somewhere in my heart, I might have been with the 10. Have you ever noticed how bad thinking spreads quicker than good thinking? And all of a sudden, these 12 guys come back. They've just seen everything that the promises of God have given to them. But 10 of them can't get past, in their minds, the issues. And listen, they cost Israel dear, those 10. Their thinking affects everybody. I want you to understand that. You see, how you think and how you speak out of how you think and how you believe out of how you think will also affect your life and other people's lives. You see, we have to understand this as a city, as a church in a city. If our thinking is limited to what God can do and we say, well, we don't think that can happen, then actually we miss what God can do. Our thinking has to change. And Paul says, listen, you've got to think about how you think. You've got to examine it. You've got to understand it. I love that these two guys come back, Caleb and uh, Joshua, and they say, actually, yes, we saw all that, but we think things can change. See, that's about faith, isn't it? About being able to look at things and say, yeah, I see that. I understand that. I see the limitations that we face, but I believe it can change. I can see something different. I have learned to think in a different way, in a different context. And thinking differently doesn't just happen in our lives. The Bible says we mustn't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. We mustn't conform. See, conforming is something that just happens over a period of time. You shape it. It becomes like that. It becomes like a comfortable pair of slippers that have conformed to your feet. It's just comfortable to do that. And so therefore, as disciples, we need to recognize that there are areas of our thinking that are conforming to the thoughts of this world. And sometimes we have to challenge that. Because if we don't challenge it, it will just be shaped. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? So I just want you to think about it. Because Paul brings it up and he says, you know what? We need to think differently about how we're behaving and what we're thinking to. You have to decide to think in a different way. Again, in Corinthians, Paul says this, Brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants, 
but in your thinking, be adults. Do you ever find yourself thinking just like a kid? Sometimes I don't think I've ever grown up. Sometimes my wife doesn't think I've ever grown up either, do you know what I mean? I'm not in a good way. You just find yourself in a fog in your thinking, just getting meh. See, see, sometimes we can't justify that. We have to change that. We have to think about it and say, you know what, I, I've got to stop that. See, very often what happens is we want other people to think about the, how they think, but we don't want to think about our own thoughts. Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, it's much easier to see where other people's thinking and behavior is wrong rather than think about your own. But you see, truthfully, some of us have got into arguments consistently throughout our whole lives because we think wrongly. We actually have to say, you know what? I've got to stop thinking like that. I've got to stop being like that. I've got to stop acting like that. Some people have a victim mentality. Have you noticed? Some people have an overcoming mentality. There is a difference. And the truth is that, you know, it depends on how you're going to respond and think about something and say, you know what? I, I, by the grace of God, and we heard it quoted this morning from 2 Corinthians 12, by the grace of God, his grace is sufficient for me. I'll do what God's called me to do and I'll be who he's called me to be. You have to think about what you think. Secondly, you have to decide to think good things. (laughs) Have you ever noticed how bad things are so much easier to think about? You don't have to decide to think bad things, do you? They just pop in your head. Remember Julia said to me one day when we were not married long, I can't even believe you think like that. It was a shock. But it's in us, isn't it? It's just me. There's something in us that, that just, and we, so we have to decide that we're going to think the good things. What does it mean to think good things? Well, it means to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. It means to decide that you won't uh, hold it against them. It means to decide that you'll be positive in your response, not negative. It means to decide that you're going to be noble in your conversation, not unignoble. It means you're going to be truthful, not untruthful. It means you've got to say, you know what, I'm going to have to take control of this. And, and, and somewhere along the line, we don't like that because we want other people to, to you know, is, isn't it terrible when you're talking to somebody and you realize that actually they're more noble than you are? You ever, you ever heard that? You're in a conversation and you realize they will not gossip the way you are. That's, that's a terrible thing, isn't it? It's convicting, isn't it? You think to yourself, oh, it, it cuts into your heart. Why? Because actually they've decided they will do what is right. They will think the right things. My mother used to say to me, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything. My house was the quietest house when she said that to me. You can't say anything good, don't say anything. You know, it's, it's like, but it's true. It has to get one step back, doesn't it? If you can't think, if you can't think anything, don't think. No, that, you can't do that, can you? Mind you, some of us don't think much. Sometime online, we have to start to say, you know what? I need to change the way I think. Some of us need to change the way we think about ourselves. Because how we think about ourselves is not in line with what the Bible says. So we have to start to think good things about ourselves. You have to start to think positive things about what God. Some of us have to change the way we think about God. Because we've gotten to a negative spiral about it. We're fighting him all the time. We're upset. We're arguing, what, God, why did this happen? Why did this happen? God, if you're good, so good, why does this happen? We have to change the way we think. We have to maybe not pick fights with him. Some of us need to change the way we think about others. 
We don't look at other people and judge them for not being like us. We don't, we don't get holier than thou with people who, who aren't like us. But we recognize that Jesus looked at people and he just loved them. It comes out of their thinking. And so we have to expose it sometimes in our heart. We have to dig deep and say, you know what? I'm going to think the right things. Some of us are going to have opportunity, even before the day's out, to take offense. Have you ever noticed how many opportunities you get to take offense? And you're going to have to decide, you know what? I'm going to think differently. I'm not going to take offense. I'm going to smile. I'm going to speak good. Why? Because actually it totally changes the experience of your life if you will learn to do that. Paul says again, as he teaches us about this in Ephesians, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your mind, to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness. You see, deciding to think about good things means you have to decide to take off some of the old things. Now, I don't know about you, but I just think if some of us would actually think about this today and recognize some of the old things in our lives, our lives would change quite radically. Because we'd say, you know what, I'm not going to think like that anymore. I'm not going to have that. I'm not, not going to dominate my life and my agenda anymore. I'm going to speak differently because of it. I'm going to think differently. I'm going to change, if I can, to be what God has called me to do. It takes some work, doesn't it? Because if it was easy, we'd all be beautiful. You know, and we're all beautiful outside, obviously. But we wouldn't have to struggle with the inside, would we? It takes some work, doesn't it? We have to put off the old and put on the new. We have to uh, take, uh, Paul says in Corinthians 10, we have to take every captive, every thought, and make it obedient to Christ. Man, that's a tough gig, isn't it? Sometimes I don't want to take any thoughts captive. I just want to let them fly. Come on. Then you realize, actually, man, that's just polluting my heart and my mind. It's causing me problems. I can go to war with somebody and they never even know it. Because what's going on in my head. I have to say, you know what, Lord, I, I can't live like this. Because I want to I wanna think about good things. See, see when, when you're thinking that, it, it destroys you and it destroys your relationship with the Lord as well. It destroys your confidence with him. So you have to then begin to put it down. Lord, I, I'm going to think about things that are noble and good. I'm going to look for that which I can... Uh, bless. I'm going to take captive these thoughts that, that seek to destroy me and my attitude towards people so that I can bring myself into the purposes and the purposes of God in my life and in my circumstances. We need to bring his word and his promise into our lives. You change your thinking when you decide that you will look for the good in people, when you'll have faith in tough situations, when you'll trust, when you can't uh, Uh, even when others have let you down, that you will love people even when they don't love you back. It's a change of thinking. Whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is true, think about these things. And then thirdly, you have to be willing to be taught. (laughs) You have to be willing to be teachable, to learn. You know, every day, they say, is a school day. (laughs) Paul says here, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. See, if you're going to change your thinking, you have to be willing to learn from others. You have to allow other people to impact your life, to show you something, to teach you something. See, I I think one of the biggest issues in people's lives is they become unteachable. 
It's to become unmovable. See, you can tell you're teachable because when you hear something, you then apply it to your life. See, many people have heard sermons on forgiveness and grace, but they haven't got around to forgiving and showing grace. It's the difference between hearing and doing the word. Because sometimes, you, you know, have you ever heard a sermon and you thought to yourself, oh, that would really be good for that person. They really need to hear that. Oh, if only they were here today, they so need to hear that. What are we doing? We're projecting and saying, you know what, that's so good for them. What we should be doing is saying, actually, how does that affect me? Actually, what can I learn from that? I've got a willing spirit. I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to see. And he says, um, I love that. He says, what you have learned or received or heard or seen. He's not saying, you know, and I love those four phrases because it means it's not just about a teaching official thing. It's about whatever you see in people's lives, you can learn from. There are people in our church who can teach you more than I'll ever teach you if you'll learn from them. About following Jesus, about grace under pressure, about faith, about hope, about character, about peace in the midst of storms. It's there all the time. If we're willing to learn, they'll help you change your thinking. There are people surrounding you who can teach you. People in your life at work who can show you something of God that you don't even know, even though they're not Christians. Hello. But it's about are we willing to learn from others? find a great verse in Jeremiah. says this, God speaking to his people, but they did not listen or pay attention. Instead, they followed the stubborn inclination of their evil hearts. Listen to this. They went backward and not forward. What a verse. I sometimes look at my life and think, you know what? I've gone backward here, not forward. I've gone backward in my understanding of the grace of God. I've gone backward rather than forward in my relationships with people. Why is that? And very often it's because I've become unwilling. I've become stubborn. Stubborn and unwilling to learn from others. Stubborn and unwilling to receive. Stubborn and unwilling to hear. Stubborn and unwilling to see something in other people that I need to have in my life. I remember when I went to Toronto years ago, in 95 it would have been, and uh, there was this mighty revival going on. And, uh, you know, people were out there and they they even had carpet with prayer lines in the carpet so that people could stand there. And thousands of people would come from all around the world. I remember standing there one night in the prayer line and uh, this little lady came up and stood in front of me. And she looked at me and said, oh, hello. And I looked at her and thought, I was waiting for some superstar. I got this little lady. And she said, I've come to pray for you. I said, I'm a pastor. She said, we get a lot of your type here. (laughs) I thought, bless the Lord. And I'm sitting looking at her and she's looking at me. She says, you really need God, don't you? I went, yeah, I do. See, the key to willing willing to learn is to be humble. See, if you can humble yourself, anybody can teach you something. But if you're proud, nobody can teach you anything. So we need sometimes just to humble ourselves. See, it's easy to humble ourselves before God. It's harder in front of people, isn't it? To allow someone else to teach us something about patience, about godliness, about somebody else to change our thinking about how we approach some things in our lives. Some people stay trapped in the circumstances of their lives because they refuse to learn from anybody else. 
refuse to let anybody else. There's a, there's a veneer of teachability in them, but they won't let it touch their hearts and touch their lives. Too proud to change. Too proud to admit it. And I had to look at this little woman and just admit, I needed God. Just learn from her about the grace of God, about gentleness, about mercy, about care. And as we change and as we become willing to learn, we, we see it. We've got to become willing to allow the scriptures to penetrate our lives. I'm becoming more and more convinced, you know, that, uh, that, that, that you know, we need to read out the Bible for ourselves more often and allow it to speak to us. You know, one of the best hours of your life in a week can be sitting reading the Bible out loud and letting it minister to you because it says so much in there that you need to hear. And you, you know what happens when you read it quietly is that you start to skim read. Some of you just need to linger over some of the phrases and allow the truth of God to change you. But you've got to be willing to learn. We've got to be willing to allow it to speak into our lives and in our situations. The Bible says he guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. You've got to be willing to learn. So as we come to the end of our service today, I just want you to think just for a moment. Lord, what do I need to learn today? Where does my thinking need to change? Where has my thinking become entrenched that I'm not even willing to hear you anymore? That I'm not ready to respond with a humble heart? Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let's pray. Think about your thinking today. Does it hold you back? Does it keep you confined? Maybe you just need to be honest enough today to say to the Lord, Lord, I need to change my thinking about who you are, about who I am, about the circumstance that surrounds me. I need, I need to change that, Lord. Help me. Perhaps you need to start to just focus on that which is true and good and pure and noble. Perhaps even you need to acknowledge that maybe you've been a bit unteachable that you want everything to change without you having to learn anything. Remember the story of Naaman when he heard from the servant of the Lord, go and dip seven times. It was a teaching moment. Think differently, Naaman, humble yourself. And he went away angry. And it took just a servant to say to him, why didn't you just do it? He had to humble himself and discover something fresh about God and him and about God's plan for his life. Father, I just pray you'd help us today, Lord, to think, Lord, these things. Lord, we recognize today that sometimes, Lord, our thinking can be negative and full of problems, Lord. Lord, and our thinking can be lacking in faith, and, and Lord, it can leave you aside, and Lord, just deal with the thing on our own strength. Help us, Lord, to think differently, Lord. Help us to speak faith that comes out of who you are and what you've done in our lives. Help us to be willing to learn. Lord, what we've heard, what we've seen, Lord, what we've discovered, Lord, to put it into practice. 
And Lord, the peace of God will transcend our hearts in Christ Jesus. We thank you for, Lord, this little passage in Philippians that's just opened up so much for us over the last few weeks. We pray, O oh God, that uh, we would take responsibility to change how we think, Lord, and to think according to your spirit and to your kingdom. Teach us your ways, O oh Lord, and we will walk in your truth. Give us undivided hearts that we might fear your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.